Hello and welcome back to another episode of Talking Out Loud. I've recently actually listened back to one of my intros from a previous pod and realised that my intros are long. So I'm going to try and keep this relatively brief, but this is the start of Malawi season. This is the first of five coming straight out of Malawi. And for those of you who aren't aware, Malawi is a Central African country neighbouring Mozambique, Zambia and Tanzania. It's a gorgeous place. I was out there for a month in January, helping out Henry Kajiranje, of course star of episode 25. So do listen back to that one if you want to get a bit of a feel for the work I was doing out there. But this one is all about Temwa. Now Temwa is a organisation set up and founded by Joe Hook a lady who I met about a year and a half ago. And over a drunken night, ended up doing a wrestling match, uh, all in the name of Tumwa. So, very persuasive lady, and a great, great woman. Um, so, on her advice, she said, yeah, if you're out in Malawi, do go and see the kind of work uh, we do out there. So I took her up on that offer. This one comes from the Mzuzu Coffee Den, and I had the great pleasure of talking to Dr. Peter Chinoko, the CEO of Temma Malawi, and Kondwani Bantu, who is the program manager, the man who coordinates all of Temma's activities across Malawi, including all their agricultural and forestry programs, their health and their education programs. So a little on Temma before we jump into it. They've been established since 2003, and from initially supporting a small community of around 2,000, they've continued to grow. And actually now today they work with around 45,000 people across the Inkata Bay North region of Malawi. Do check out their website, it's a really, really well put together site actually. Great organisation to get involved with, do some incredible um, experiences and fundraising activities. So do reach out, I'm actually an ambassador for them, so of course I'm going to be plugging them. Following on from this conversation, I actually went out to see some of the projects um, in person and I've got to say I'm blown away by the, the way they operate. Uh, I think kind of model they're trying to employ uh, as a charity organization is um, is quite an inspirational one and a really uh, healthy one going forward so hats off to you guys keep doing what you're doing and uh, yeah do enjoy this fascinating conversation with two extraordinary gentlemen in peter and Kondwani. just as a little taster after introing the incredible work that we're doing out in malawi peter then tells us a little bit about his history as a uh, malawian freedom fighter his studies in the vatican so quite some tales to tell and Kondwani has stories for days. Yeah, really hope you like this. Play it. So hello and uh, welcome again to another recording with me, George Cressy. I'm here in Malawi in Mzuzu, in the Mzuzu Coffee Den with two remarkable gentlemen from the organisation of Temwa. I will let you guys introduce yourselves shortly. To give a little bit of background, Temwa is a Malawian organisation focusing on agriculture and forestry, health, water sanitation um, in the Nkata Bay North area. It's been set up by Jo Hook back in the UK, back in Bristol, who I know quite well. So we'll try and get her on the pod later on. But um, yeah, for now, if I can, Peter, could you start? Just a little introduction about who you are and um, how you got to know Tama? Yeah, I'm uh, Peter Chinoko and uh, I joined Tama in October 2017. 
and uh, honestly I didn't know Tema before but uh, one day I just you know bought this weekend paper and there was the whole full page advert you know yeah. advertising for the CEO okay. and that's when you know for the first time I went to the website and then I really read about the wonderful and remarkable you know things that you know Tema does in one of the most harsh environments you know in northern Malawi very hard to reach as well as very remote but with you know excellent you know programs so I've basically cropped one year and uh, I think we're making a change in people's lives and I'm happy in them. Fantastic yeah and and, and Katabay North is you say very difficult very inaccessible yes of what why is it so difficult to get to um, Katabay North has a very special topography in the sense that there is like one single earth road mm -hmm. that uh, uh, goes around the highlands ah. so there the, are uh, a lot of you know hills and mountains mm -hmm. it's a distance you know from Zuzu to Nkatabe it's only about you know 67 miles but okay. it takes you know the fastest time you can get to Sisia would be like two hours no yes Eesh. So okay. that, that can, you know, give you a flavor of, you know, what the road, you know, to Sisia, you know, uh, is, is like. Okay. And then, you know, communities along the lakeshore area, we actually use a boat to reach, you know, the various, you know, communities along the lakeshore because there is no road that, you know, connects you know, one community to the other. Wow. So as Temwa, the boat is also a very viable means of transport that really, you know, connects us, you know, to the people that we serve. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And then, Kanwani, I know, sorry, I know we, uh, we've already done 15 minutes of, of you talking to me already, Kanwani, but um, if you could just summarize again uh, your role in Tenwa and, uh, yeah, and how long you've been with the company. Yes, uh, my name is Kondwani, uh, Kondwani Bota. I work as a programs manager for Tenwa. Uh, as I mentioned, I was going to Tema in 2016, November, uh, on Thursday, yes. uh, <laughs> 7.15 in the morning. Um, yes, my key roles, um, I, I coordinate uh, program activities, um, both um, in the highlands, in the upland, as well as in the lakeshore. Um, our key programs are agriculture and forestry. Um, health, including water and sanitation, but also education. Um, I, it has been really wonderful working for Temwa. Um, there are a lot of um, efforts that Temwa has made since 2016 up to now in trying to improve the lives of people um, in line with its um, uh, core values of, and principles. So, yeah, I've really liked working for Temwa since. Um, 2014, and uh, we're looking forward to um, changing, continue changing the lives of people um, in the next few years. Perfect. Could you, and I again, we're just going to repeat what we went through already, but if you could give um, just the listeners a bit of an idea in terms of um, the amount of the population, and also um, if you could recap again on the agriculture piece. Okay. Um, the area that we cover, which is in Katabin North, um, According to 2016-2017 report on uh, um, Malawi population, Ngarabe North had about 55 to 60,000 people, uh, of which 
most of uh, this population benefits from our uh, different programs that we implement. As I mentioned, under health, under um, agriculture and forestry, we are looking at four key um, areas. So um, area number one is supporting the sustainable agricultural farmers, and um, area number two is um, improving uh, economic activities of the uh, small households that we're working with. Then area number three is uh, promoting the natural resource and the environment of the area. And then area number four is uh, uh, local governance in terms of responding to all the uh, relevant developmental issues in Katobeno. So these are the four key areas that we're looking uh, at in terms of agriculture and forestry program. Um, if I look, if we look at uh, each uh, area in terms of sustainable agricultural farmers, we have worked with uh, about 1,023. Mm -hmm. Those that we have actually trained and uh, supported them with the um, uh, materials. Mm -hmm. we, we, we are looking at how these uh, sustainable agricultural farmers are able to adopt the sustainable uh, methods of um, uh, cultivation. Mm -hmm. So. Um, most of them are interested in um, uh, manual production, mm -hmm. but also um, agroforestry practices. I see, yes. And then um, they are also interested in using the different um, natural mm -hmm. crops that, that have been in existence. Perfect. So that um, they are able to increase their production at the household level. I see, I see. And so the, the agroforestry and the manure, well, as we were talking, it, it's to increase the biodiversity in the soil? Yes. So actually to make it more fertile in the long run, as opposed to using fertilizer, which is... Yes. Yeah, and and, and as, as Temo, we have really focused on promoting the organic manure production, mm -hmm. uh, because it, it is in line with what the government of Malawi is promoting promoting sustainable agriculture practices. So when you look at some of the practices in sustainable agriculture, there is no use of inorganic fertilizer. Mm. So that's an advantage for us because we would want to look at sustainability in terms of uh, um, the quality of the soils that the local farmers can use them for a longer period. Perfect. And then still increase their production. I see, I yeah. see. So I guess it's trying to get ahead of the curve already. So these farmers, maybe in the short term, it will be difficult. But in the long term, if they are on on trend with the government policy, I guess. Yes, yes. Fascinating. And so what I wanted to also talk about was so the manure production, is that what is that animal animal manure? So I guess what what what, what Yeah, so it, it it's a combination. We encourage the farmers to keep livestock mm -hmm. because in the production of the organic manure they should use the manure or the animal dung. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so most of the farmers that we work with, we have supported them with the livestock before, and then they're using the animal dung to produce the organic manure. But they're also using um, some um, cloth. Um, uh, yes. Uh, yes. Um, like the maize husks. Yes. Yeah, all that. So uh, they combine with the, manu uh, the animal dung, and then they, after three months, then they will, the, the manure will be ready to be used. Perfect. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I see. I see. And we were talking just then, Peter, about you said one of the, the most impactful pieces is the... Um, the demo garden. Yes, the yes. demo gardens. Mm -hmm. 
Could you explain in a little more detail? Is that okay? What a demo garden is? I'll, just, yeah. I'll leave that there for now. Yeah, a, a demo garden is like, you know, an experimental plot. I see. Which is used as a practical session mm. to the farmers, you know, in each and every locality. I see. So, if, for example, our agricultural uh, forestry officer is teaching about the efficacy mm. of the inorganic, you know, uh, fertilizers, then, you know, they can actually, you know, demonstrate, mm. you know, how it works, Perfect. you know, from the uh, actual process of, you know, uh, making the compost menu, and then, you know, harvesting it, and then, you know, uh, how it can be, you know, applied, you know, to the crops. Mm. And um, it, it is also worth taking note that, you know, of late, because of, you know, this whole issue of, you know, climate change, yes. the farmers can easily see a difference if, for example, uh, you have uh, maybe a field uh, 10 yards by 10 yards and then you know two fields one you apply you know in organic fertilizer and then the other one you, you just apply you know organic manure you can actually see the uh, uh, 10 by 10 you know yards garden doing better wow, okay. in terms of being resilient you know yes. to the harsh climatic you know conditions which you know bring you know uh, into the minds of the farmers that well I think this is the way to go. Yes. Yeah. So uh, demo gardens have, have really uh, advanced you know the, the, the entire course. Yeah, exactly yeah. of you know adopting you know the sustainable agricultural you know uh, practices. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. If we can as well, so if we go on to the education piece, so is that working with schools around? Around, uh, around, around, around yes, um, under education program, we are working with about 36 primary schools okay. and four secondary schools. Okay. So about 15 primary schools are in the lecture and then about um, 21 that are in the upland. I see. Um, but um, most of the key challenges that are around the education program mm. include um, the distances that uh, learners walk to school, so that contributes to issues of uh, high dropout. Gotcha. Mm. And then the, the other challenges are the quality of the school structures that the learners go to. Most of the schools have shortage of classroom blocks, yep. and the learners usually lay under the tree. And in this in this rainy season, it becomes a very big problem. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we have a huge number of um, children dropping out of school, just staying in the communities because they can't manage to walk long distances. And then when they get to school, they also find the school structures in a very poor condition and then they can't be retained in school. So you have high dropout cases, you have high absenteeism cases, and then you have also very poor pass late by the end of the day from class one to the other, but also at the national exam. So the, the area, because of, as, as Peter mentioned, as we as poor terrain, very rough uh, topography, mm. it becomes very difficult to access some of the places um, uh, so that they provide the quality infrastructures to the different communities. So we have really supported most of the communities. Some of the communities have constructed school blocks okay. where we have at least improved in terms of enrollment, mm. enrollment rate. But mostly we are also working with schools to improve the reading culture. Okay. Okay. So we have supported almost all these primary schools with uh, 
library books mm. where learners are encouraged to go to school because they know how they'll find books that they're going to use. I see. Yeah, so those are some of the, 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 the support that we have given. But also in the secondary schools, we have supported uh, girl learners mm. to our school bursaries that we provide. So okay. we, are, we are currently supporting about um, uh, 28 or 27 um, secondary school learners with uh, school bursaries, which will provide almost everything that, that they want. So that at least we can support them in terms of completing their uh, secondary school education. Wow, yeah. it's a big, big program. I mean, we've it, got it, yes, um, it, it, it's a big component. But as as Tema, you know, as Kogwan has said, in in the primary sector, we we are trying to make a contribution in as far as, you know, any great literacy is concerned. Mm. So we appreciate, you know, the, we, we get, you know, book donations from the book aid from the UK. I see. I yeah, see. so, okay, and then, you know, if we see, for example, maybe 120 book cartons, okay. then we make a distribution uh, to various, you know, primary schools. And focusing on the young learners, we have... Um, activities like you know spreading big competitions okay yeah which you know okay. parents would even you know come and you know uh, listen to their uh words you know participating in the spreading you know competitions so yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's one sure way of contributing to the uh, literacy culture in malawi but you know most importantly because you know as an organization we can't do everything our major emphasis is also on the girl child um, we work, you know, in an environment where, you know, there is a rampant, you know, um, uh, um, girl marriages. Mm. So you find that, you know, immediately a girl reaches, you know, puberty. Mm. If he, there is no proactive, you know, assistance mm. in terms of, you know, school fees, school materials, then most of them, you know, tend to enter marriage, you know, at a very early age, you know, 14, 15, 16 years So what we have done as Tema is that um in in certain special schools we have improved the like you know sanitary conditions mm. because you know when the girls are doing their uh, monthly menstrual periods you know most of them would tend to mm. not to go to school right because you know the facilities are not all that very conducive I see. so in a few schools we have improved the sanitary uh, 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 facilities for the mm. girls, mm. just to ensure that, you know, as many girls as possible uh, attend classes and manage, you know, to finish, you know, their primary school level. Okay. So that's our main, main focus, you know, the girl child. Fantastic. Yeah. I see, I see. And so, just to um, zoom out again, is there, how big is the organization here in Malawi? How many, how many uh, people work for Tamwa here? Uh, currently, we have a staff of 28. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 28, so it's like, you know, nine technical staff, mm -hmm. and then, you know, the rest is supporting staff. I see. Yeah. I see. So we are, we are strategically located in Zuzu mm -hmm. because for our new strategic plan, we've been like, you know, working in Northern Qatar for more than 13 years, but oh. would also would also want to grow to other districts, neighboring districts, yeah. Rumi, Mzimba, gradual, gradual growth to the other, you know, districts where we can equally, you know, share mm. the lessons learned, you know, from implementing our programs in, in Hadaba. That's it, that's yeah. it. And Mzuzu is 
really useful, I guess, because it's Lilongwe, uh, you have uh, Blantar and Mtutu is yeah. the third biggest city. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I see. So that's you right. have some real connections yeah. from here to, yeah. to get around the country. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, grand. And then if we go into health, that's okay. Just yes. to give us a bit of an idea on the on the programs in there. Yes. Um, when Tim was starting, the focus was on HIV mm. and AIDS because by then the prevalence rate was very high. So um, we have had um, problems to do with reaching out to very difficult to reach places with mobile uh, HIV testing and counseling services. And then uh, we have also been supporting the HIV, people living with HIV, those who have been identified through the testing that we do in those areas. So we we'll, uh, work with them to make sure that we support them, they independently uh, live uh, a longer life based on the skills that they've learned from the, the groups that they, they join and then they're supported by us. But uh, gradually we now even went to other healthy uh, challenges, in addressing other healthy challenges in terms of uh, healthy governance issues, mm. where most of the communities do not have um, healthy facilities and probably when they go to the healthy facility they don't find the um, required um, healthy um, support mm. in terms of uh, uh, drugs or medicine or in terms of uh, quality health services in general. So we have also gone into that. We have worked with the healthy uh, governance structures okay. uh, and also supporting the health management in, in health facilities. But also we have um, uh, built the capacities of the relevant healthy governance structures in terms of health advisory committees, uh, and then other staff members working in the uh, in the healthy sector in the, our health facilities. In Kadabi North, we have about four healthy centers. Okay. Um, generally, each and each health facility, I think, is supposed to to support about seven thousand people. But if you look at the population already, with four facility uh, four facilities, that means the ratio is uh, very very big. Mm. Yeah, because probably one health facility can can support about. 15,000 people or 20,000 people. Ah, okay, okay. So that, that shows that at every point, the shortage of almost everything, the shortage of drugs, the shortage of staff, sure. even the structures as well. So much as we cannot address all those problems, but we'll be looking at uh, the key challenges that would uh, try to work on and reduce the burden on, on the uh, personnel in the, in the facility level. So that's that's what we have also done. But in terms of uh, the studies, the actual figures of those who have tested, I think since uh, 2004, I think we've gone beyond 25,000 wow. people testing okay. Uh, okay. for HIV and we have supported over 300 people living with HIV. We currently work with um, what we call AIDS Action Clubs in different uh, communities, but they are also connected to the health facilities. So we provide the monthly um, platforms for them to discuss and then engage with the health personnel in terms of how they can live long, uh, in terms of how they can improve their nutrition levels. So we provide those monthly um, discussions with these uh, HIV action uh, clubs. But also, we also work with um, the, the adult groups mm -hmm. um, who are also HIV positive. 
Previously, we used to support them with um, uh, materials like seeds, so that they also come up with their own gardens, and then I they see. grow, they grow uh, vegetables to supplement their nutrition levels. Uh, every year, we're doing that. Okay. Yeah, we have worked with about five groups of 25 members each group. Yeah. They're still working with us up to now. Okay. Um, currently, we are still working on HIV testing. Mm -hmm. Like uh, last December, we did an HIV AIDS testing um, in about four areas. We had reached out to about 300 something okay. uh, people who tested. Mm -hmm. Uh, which for for us I think it's it's a good number, but though the relation is big mm. and the, the facilities are also uh, far apart from each other, yeah. so uh, we only went to those places where people cannot cannot go to. But then there's too much demand demand for that. Wow. Okay. But also we, as I mentioned, recently we have adopted we have also started working on a water and sanitation program. Mm. Previously, in the catchment area that we were working, we had some cholera cases okay. in some spots, but also had high cases of diarrhea and um, uh, dysentery. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. Like almost every month, a facility would record about uh, 120 cases of diarrhea, dysentery. Yeah. But when we, we introduce the water and sanitation program, where we provide subsidized uh, water filters um, to communities, uh, from um, October 2017 up to now, the figures have literally reduced. Okay. Yeah, over over 90 percent now. Wow. The, the things have really changed. That's and we have actually now gone to other new spots again. Uh, okay. supporting the new uh, households in other places because of the, the um, performance that has um, the performance that we did in the first uh, areas that we are working on watch program so there's really a great improvement in terms of reduction in the in the waterborne diseases in the country that we are working especially during the rainy season yeah just to show you one of the photos last yes, last is. week when we were in Osisia, you see this is the water from the taps wow Look how it Jesus. looks like. And then, you we'll know, on, online. these are the water filters that we do provide to the households. So each water filter on the market costs about 11 pounds. Okay. So the families buy it at a subsidized price of 5 pounds. But the money is plowed back into the community for any other uh, micro project pertaining to improving their health sector. Ah. So you can see the difference, you know, from Gee, you know, uh, colored water to clear water. Yes, so yeah. it's brown essentially. Exactly, to, exactly. To, to clear. So this is one of wow. the uh, projects that has really uh, brought miracles, you know, in the area. You know, it was an area that was, you know, frequently, there were frequently outbreaks of cholera, but since the introduction of these simple gadgets, makes a huge difference that's in fantastic. this advice. That is fantastic. Yeah. And £5, pounds, you said. £5 pounds for a filter. Yeah. Unreal. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, what we, what we focus on is uh, when we go to a village, we make sure each and every household has that. Okay. Perfect. So that we should not leave out a household mm. that should not use water from the water. Yeah. Because if they do, it will be a household that will be keeping 
That's our approach. So every village where we do have to do the assessment. Mm -hmm. We find out how many people live in that particular area or particular village, uh -huh. and then against how many water feeders are we going to support in that. And then we make sure we sit down with community leaders and we discuss with them, and we make sure that each and every household wow. have access to that. Fantastic. But yeah. then we have huge demand mm. for those. I can imagine. I can yeah. imagine. Because yeah. mostly in the lake shore, people. Uh, don't don't have the uh, the latrines because it's it's, uh, it's sand and water log, so you can't you can't dig a, a latrine. So usually people use just the bush and they're using the sand. So when the rainy season comes, the rains comes, they just take it to the lake. But people go to the very same lake and use the water. Right. So so it leave, that's why they, every year mm. you still have high cases of diarrhea or waterborne diseases. But with coming in of the water, water filter project that we are doing, it is a little improved. But it's just five pounds. Uh, uh, actually, you know, one thing I've liked in Tema as the CEO mm. is the notion of you know value for money. Yes. We 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 got um, uh, a donation of like a thousand pounds last year. Okay. But you know, with that one thousand pounds, we are able to procure another three hundred water filters. Wow. To distribute to you know three hundred households, household. mm. which you know yeah, has so many positive you know, changes. Yeah. 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 Just, just a guarantee that in the so it's, it's it's not really the magnitude of the amount, but you know how you know mm. each and every pound is put to you which know. I think it's so years. crucial, certainly exactly. when exactly. so from. Obviously, yeah. I'm, I'm English, and then and you get a lot of charities, and, and, and there's been cases recently with Oxfam and things like that where you think, where does my money go with such a big organisation? What, what what's the end product yeah. with with Tamwa? I think there's a, a real change in knowing Joe a little bit. Yeah. Um, you can tell she's incredibly uh, focused, yes. incredibly honest, yes. and and meeting you guys and, and hopefully seeing the work that you guys do as well. Um, yeah, you can tell that. The, the, the end product is, is uh, it, it, there's not a, a huge chain between where you put your money in yeah. and the end product as you would do with, with Oxfam and the bigger charities. With yeah. Tamworth, it's two or three people in between, you know. So it's, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Yeah. So, under we make sure we work with uh, in close relation to our colleagues from the government, mm -hmm. from the estate facility, so that we're able to track all the beneficiaries from their households to the facility. Perfect. So yeah. we know that in this village, in this month, yeah. there have been there have been cases that have been reported at the health centre. So the health facility will give us a report to say, this month in village X, there has been no cases reported from this. Then and then they will compare to a village where we are not providing water filters. They'll be like, this village where we are not working. There have been 100 or 40 or 70 cases of diarrhea, water yeah. disease, which is totally different from the projects that are working in. Perfect. Yeah. So bringing statistics and, and yeah. you, can actually, you can find trends in the data as well. Yeah, but I, I was also, uh, I'm also fascinated with the fact that with the five pounds, you, you buy a water filter, you support a family for the next three years. That's you are assured of very short yeah. little cases of water yeah. disease being registered in that particular household. Because if the cost of supporting them where they are at the hospital with the waterborne disease becomes very high than the one that you're using to buy water feed. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, because when you go to a, to a health center, you have to walk, like like the way it is. You have to come from Rusiska to Mzuzu. To and fro is almost 5,000 or 6,000. And then for, when you are here, you have to go to a government hospital. Maybe you find there will be, be no medicine there. You have to go to a private hospital and then you buy. So when you are going back, you have almost 10,000 spent on, on, on any diarrhea case that you have won. So it, it, it's easy to have a water filter at five pounds and then saving yourself for the next three years. Fantastic. Yeah, the, the, the longevity costs yeah. come right down. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So this is the way I would also really want to make sure that we we work with almost all the households that are along the lakeshore in our catchment area. Mm. Because I think it's from uh, somewhere down in Kata Bay up to somewhere up next to Rumpi tomorrow. Uh, so the whole of this population is at risk yeah. because uh, they are close to the lake. I see. I see. Yeah. But also in the upland as well, there are also a lot of waterborne diseases cases as well. Because there are no, there's no, there are no water taps. So water they get from the wells, from the rivers, from the dams. So it's not protected. So there's demand both in the election and in the Fantastic. So sanitation have you found to be one of the, the breakthrough sort of changes in the last few months? Yeah. Perfect. And how is so um, you have twenty eight staff, how is that broken between is there a focus on is there an agriculture um, team, is there a health team, is there, how does it work in the organization? Just out of interest. Yes, we have the um, the programs team mm -hmm. and then the administration but from the programs each program has the specific staff so agriculture and forestry as the agriculture and forestry coordinator mm -hmm. and then we have project officers and then we have field officers we have area field coordinators because we have upland area and the lecture area I see. yeah and then we have uh, at some point we used to work with what we used to call extension volunteers from each and specific village yeah, and then uh, under education, we also have the same. We have um, education staff um, in Zuzu office, and then also education staff in the Usiska office. We are also covering uh, the communities surrounding Usiska. Yeah, and then under here, they also have the same. So uh, each and every program has its own team. I see. But uh, all these, like under programs, they all report to me, mm -hmm. and also in line with their responsible supervisors. I see, I see. And how, how does the dynamic between the Malawi team and the UK team, how does that, how does that work? Okay, we, we have uh, frequent meetings between the senior management team from Malawi mm -hmm. with the you Nofero uh, senior management team from the UK. Yeah, I see. Almost, you know, every month. Uh, but, you know, besides the senior management teams, me as the CEO in Malawi, I've got, you know, uh, monthly meetings again with you know my counterpart in the UK. I see. And then you know similarly you know we have the finance and administration manager in Malawi who also has you know frequent you know meetings with the so yes yes with the firm in the UK. And then the Malawi board when when it is it is having a meeting like we had the budget meeting last Saturday. I see. There is always a trustee from the UK who joins through Skype. 
okay. Yes, hey. so there is really yeah, yeah, a lot ad, of communication. Ad, yes, a lot of communication, you know, between the two uh, oh, so tenants. Yes. Hey, We're yes. actually having an, yeah. an uh, SMT meeting tomorrow, tomorrow. with yeah. the U- Malawi yeah. team and the UK yeah. team. Oh, cool. I'm also having uh, a, a programs meeting with a, U- a UK programs person okay. today at 2 p.m. Oh, you know. So, so we, so <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yes, there's always, we're always talking. We're each other every day. Yeah, yeah. 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 fantastic, yeah. Yeah. fantastic. Even, even, yeah, fundraising yeah. or how we should talk to the donors, what was have to link up at every point. Perfect, mm. perfect. Yeah. That's, that, that's fantastic. In yeah. terms of, um, so I'm... But, but maybe let me also share you one of the... Other challenges that I really feel as Temo, we also have to do a lot more. Please, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you see the, the, the issue of population boom in Malawi, we are sitting on a time bomb. You know, Malawi is a very uh, uh, small country if you compare with the, our neighbors, you know. Uh, Zambia is 13 times bigger than Malawi, Zimbabwe is nine times bigger than Malawi, but Malawi's population. Um, overshadows, you know, the Zambian population, just like the Zimbabwean population. Yeah, so the issue of uh, um, sexual reproductive health rights will be very, very, very critical to orient, you know, the young folks on how they can adopt, you know, the modern methods of, you know, uh, protecting themselves from, you know, any pregnancies and, and, and such stuff. Uh, otherwise, you know, the, the, the current, you know, uh, population statistics have shocked everybody to say, you know, Malawi is, we are close to 18 million. 18. 18 million. And that's not really sustainable. No. No, that's not no. really sustainable. So that's one area where I think, you know, we really have to do all what we can to really emphasize, you know, the folks all the more why we really want to do a lot on girls' education because you know the more time they spend in school, it delays them to enter the families and then consequently it will delay them, you know, to bear children and yes. it has a long positive effect of you know yes. minimizing, you know, the, 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 the population. So, and also, yeah, 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 and then the education yeah. as well that comes with that exactly. extra time. Exactly. Exactly. It allows them to become more educated. Yeah. 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 I see, and it, so is that your view as well in terms of the biggest challenges facing Malawi as a whole? Have you got, is, is agriculture also a, a big issue? Or? It is. I see. It I is. See. Uh-huh. Because you see, the government has a program which they call uh, uh, subsidized farm imports. Okay. Where every year in the Malawi budget, the government you know, allocates billions of Malawi budget just to subsidize on, on fertilizers. But, you know, there is no transparency and accountability. You know, most of that money is uh, uh, abused. So you find that, you know, year in, year out, we still have a lot of Malawians who go hungry, especially during the lean months of, you know, January, February, March, and April. These are the most critical months in Malawi, in most of the households, you know, literally, you know, run out of food. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. and because our farming system has not yet been heavily mechanized, it's still at the subsistence level. Mm. So, the production per hectare doesn't compare favorably with, you know, countries like maybe South Africa, sure. uh, where, you know, they have really mechanized the agriculture and then the yield per hectare is much much more compared to 
the yield in Malawi. So the current population boom vis-a-vis -vis trains in agriculture, I think we still have a lot of work to do. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Become yeah. Sort of, yeah. So a big, a big thing. Yeah. In terms of Malawians leaving Malawi, so I know a lot of Malawians go to South Africa or Cape Town to get money and, and, and work and send that back to Malawi. Is that because the, the job market here, unemployment, is, is that a, a big thing here in Malawi as well? And is that... It is. Yeah. So it is. It is. It, it, what's, the, what's the government's plan? Do you know if, if the government have a strategy for keeping more Malawians in work or... We, 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 we have a government, you know, which sometimes has conflict policies, yeah. you know, whereas it would say you want to create, you know, more jobs for the youth, but, you know, the reality on the ground is very different. The, the, there has been a lot of uh, abuse of uh, state resources, which would have gone into you know, very critical areas like maybe youth, youth employment, um, uh, promoting like, you know, uh, alternative sources of, you know, clean energy. Mm -hmm. the, the, the few days you may have been in Malawi, maybe you may have experienced, you know, so many blackouts. Mm -hmm. But, you know, here is a country where we have plenty of sunshine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you look at the solar industry, I think we have a huge potential mm. to invest in the solar industry. We have so many graduates who even studied like, you know, electrical engineering at the University of Malawi, they end up just teaching in the rural areas because they cannot be absorbed into, you know, yeah. meaningful sectors. Yeah, so these are big, you know, challenges, you know, huge challenges, yeah. and I guess they, they sit yeah. at, at yeah. the top level. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, even, you know, like, you know, we don't have so many doctors mm. in Malawi, mm. but, you know, even the few doctors whom we train ourselves, if the government can spend a year without absorbing them into our health system, mm. that speaks volumes mm. about, you know, the readiness, you know, of the government to absorb the new graduates, you know, coming up from the different colleges. Yeah. So their option now becomes that they should just go to either South Africa or Tanzania. So in our, in our kind of north, uh, most of the young people go to South Africa, but also to Tanzania. Oh. Yeah. You, you can imagine the 2017 cohort of the Malawi doctors, because the government delayed them, the government of Lesotho took 68. No. I'm telling you. Lesotho? Lesotho, yes. They, wow. they, they took all our 68 doctors. I mean, you, you, you see, it's very expensive to train the doctors. And here was the government who had spent, you know, billions to train them, seven years. And they graduate, they stay for a year without work. What do you expect? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, actually, you know, even 10, 15 years ago, there was this, you know, funny statistics that, you know, in the city of Manchester alone, there were more Marian doctors than the whole Malawi. No. Yes. Oh, that's crazy, yeah? <laughs> very crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, very crazy. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it's obviously this presidential election coming 
this man, year. Man. Yeah, okay. The candidates, they are they good candidates. Uh, is there anyone mixed bag? Mixed bag, as as always, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, which which candidate are you leaning towards? If you don't mind me asking. Honestly, we would want a complete overhaul. Okay. Yeah, uh, we would really want, you know, a leader who has not been in the government, let's say, for the past maybe 10, 15, 20 years. Makes sense. Yeah, so. A clean, you know, fresh start. Yeah, almost. clean, fresh start. Mm. You know, a leader who can, like, you know, one, deal with the corruption in a big way, mm. deal with, you know, meaningful reforms. Like, you know, I've been talking a lot about, about, you know, agriculture, you know, Malawi, we have the third fresh uh, water body on the African continent. And yet, you know, we cannot, you know, uh, have massive irrigation projects along our lake, let alone along our, you know, biggest river, which, you know, uh, uh, drains water from the lake, you know, to the Indian Ocean. So we, we, we would really want a leader who can, you know, transform Malawi because, you know, the resources are there, the natural resources are there. It's just the political will to say we don't want, you know, business as usual, can we, you know, and like I for one, it pains me, you know, I've been to Rwanda several times. This is a country that was involved in one of the most atrocious, you know, genocides on the planet. But it's like, you know, they said, you know, enough is enough. And you go there now, it's a completely, you know, different country altogether. Yeah. And in Malawi, we have never been at war. We have never been at war. You know, there were few, few African countries. Yes, very which true. Have, which have enjoyed, you know, relatively peace yeah. for more than 60 plus years. Yeah. But we have not really, you know, put that to, you know, development, you know, use. So that, that's why for me, I'm, I'm really looking forward to a leader who can really say, well, enough is enough, let us turn you know, this Malawi. Change around. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. So briefly, previous, previous to joining Tenwa, what, what, were your, what, what, what was your role? What, was, what, what did you do before Tenwa? Let me ask uh, in my case, um, before I joined Tema, I was working with HIVOS. HIVOS okay. is a Netherlands-based organization. I see. Yeah, so I was uh, 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 coordinating a women's empowerment program for Malawi, Zambia, and Zimbabwe. So I was coordinating the three countries. Okay. Yeah, so it was quite, you know, an experience because it also gave me an international experience on how to coordinate, you know, uh, a program within the very same, you know, uh, uh, Southern African, you know, uh, mm-hmm. countries. It was very rewarding, very enriching. Yeah, so... Uh, Before that, and, and, and going, um, going back, you're from um, Malawi, I take it? Yeah, yeah the, the, before I joined, he was, I also worked for Dan Cheche. Okay. Uh, this is also an organization from, from Denmark, ah. and uh, I was the head of program in Malawi, ah. like uh, what Kodwad is yeah, doing yeah, yeah. in Tema. I see, I see. Yeah, so, but I was also responsible for Malawi and Zambia as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. because we are also looking after the uh, Zambian, Zambian office. But for 15 years in my civil service, in, in, in my civil society work, I was with the Justice and Peace Commission. Yeah, where at least you know, uh, 
uh, I was mainly involved in the issues of governance. So I, I was like, you know, the, the, the mouthpiece of, of, of the people in Malawi. Um, I've been beaten by the police several times. At one moment, I, I, my, the police, even, you know, I, I fractured my, my, my left arm. No. Um, because the, the work in the Justice and Peace Commission was mainly, you know, advocacy, speaking on behalf of the people. Yeah. So that's where, you know, I spent most of my, wow. yeah. So you, you, finished, you finished uh, school and then went into yeah, the Yeah, and uh, you, you, when, when I went to the UK, one of the things that, you know, colleagues in the UK would hardly understand was that, you know, as a final young student, mm. I wrote a poem. Huh? Uh, pertaining to the hotel ground, and I was suspended from college because of that poem. Come, come, and mend. That poem became so famous, you can even Google it on the internet. Oh, please, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Come, come, and mend. Come, come, and mend. Yes, okay. come, come, and mend. I will check it out. So, uh, I had to go in hiding for five months, and then a certain uh, good priest from uh, uh, Ireland. Pissed me to Rome in Italy, so I was in exile in Rome for four years. <laughs> it's a whole new podcast. <laughs> Jesus, Peter, this is crazy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So if you need to take it, Peter, feel free. No, it's, it's okay. Just, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're born. <coughs> sorry, Conwani, we will come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is too it's good. Fun, yeah. This is too good. So. Um, so you, you're born here in Malawi? Yes, yes. yes. Whereabouts? Uh, in Mzimba. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Here in the north, yeah. And then you went to school here as yeah, well? Yeah, it's a school here in the north and then I did my college in the south. I see, yeah. I see. Yeah. And then you moved... There. When did you write the poem? That was... In, in, in 1989. 1989. 1989. And you were in the UK then? Or no, that no, was here? Okay, that you were here. Yes. And then you yeah. met the Irish yes. priest here as well? Yes, yes, yes. I was in hiding here in Zuzu for four months. Wow. I was put in a room, could not see the sun for four months. No. I, I had to change my name to get a passport. And wow, even the time you know I left the airport, I said, wow, I'm leaving to Malawi. Oh. Yeah. So, and, and, and the poem was, I guess, speak, trying to speak to the people and, and saying this is yes, right. There was a powerful women's organization that had its meeting at the university and they damaged our hockey field. It okay. was a very well-tended field. So I was like, you know, uh, you came here, you did ABC, and then I'll finish my stanza with Come, Come and Bend. You came here, you did ABC, and then I'll finish Come, Come and Bend. So, I'll, yeah. I'll do a link. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. organization was CCAM. Ah, yes. <laughs> 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 That's awesome. Okay, yeah. I'll put a link. I'll yeah. put a link on here so people can read your poem. That's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Right, that's right. Okay, and then yeah. so four months later, you're then in Italy. I was in Italy, yes. So. And what what was happening in Italy? Uh, good enough, at least the they enrolled uh, me in one of the colleges in Rome, so I finished my first degree there. I also studied for my masters. Posso parlar italiano correctamente? I can speak Italian fluently up to now, you know. Uh, yeah, so. 
What was uh, the what was the degree? What was your master's? Uh, education. I see. Yeah, education. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. So you graduate in Italy? Yes. And you're you're sponsored you're sponsored just yes. after just a year in Italy, the Vatican, you know, gave me an open scholarship. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you you graduate. With a, a master's in Italy, in, in Italy yeah. and you stay, you stay in Italy for a while. We, no, because the one who was uh, sponsoring me, he said, "You started this work, you have to go back and continue fighting." Wow! Yeah. <laughs> so you come back? I came back, joined the Justice and Peace Commission, continued you know fighting. Hey. Yeah. yeah, And that's when you had so 15 years yes. back here then. Yes, exactly. In that exactly. in that commission. That's right. And, that's right. And that was difficult in terms of. So it's yeah. it's it's a government organisation. No, no, it's faith based. It's, ah, yeah, okay, okay. faith based. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Okay, there's a whole other podcast, I think. Yeah. So we'll come back to you. Oh, that whole Kondwani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Peter, but okay, Kondwani. Yes. And yourself. Born and raised here? Yeah, born and raised here in Malawi. Uh, I live in my secondary school here in Malawi, in Zuzu. And then uh, uh, college in the central region, in Edongwe. And then I came back here. I started working in the hospital before. Okay. In Mulanje. Okay. Yeah, and then I joined the civil society around uh, 2007. Okay. Somewhere there. Okay. I just got back from Botswana then. Uh, you were in Botswana for? For two to three years. I used to do school and work there as well. And then uh, when I came here, I joined an organization uh, at the CCP Snowdown in Estonia there. I worked there for almost five years as a project officer, project manager, programs manager. And then I, um, I stopped. Huh? I joined, um, uh, I implemented a program and I said the children for a period. And then I also stopped. Then I started doing my own things. Okay. As yeah, more of a consultant, I was doing some projects. And then uh, that's where I joined Tama. Okay. <laughs> okay. So then, yes, I joined him as a consultant, and then I joined full time as a program. Brilliant, brilliant. So, what what kind of consultant work were you? So, previously, um, my focus were on um, child protection programs. Um, we are doing the child rights kind of programs in the Zimba, Zimba South. Uh, Rainfield, Zuzu, and then Kadabi district. But wow. then I was not doing Kadabi North, I was doing um, Kadabi West, but also in Karonga. Ah. So I had, uh, had implemented projects in child marriages in Karonga. They were being funded by Hivos. Uh, ah. uh, we implemented the pro- projects in um, governance. Okay. Um, healthy governance as well. They've been funded by an organization called Sinavi from Netherlands. Okay. okay. And also um, school governance uh, project also implemented by OSISA, being supported by OSISA from South Africa. Okay. Um, yeah, a number of uh, key programs that have been implemented with different donors at different times. Wow. I mean, your records alone in terms of the amount of organizations and the amount of countries you've touched bloody impressive. <laughs> like, yeah, but the most important, I think what has been important for me is working for my communities in the northern region because the challenges that are around, I have grown up with them. Ah. So I have a different understanding of working with my 
communities around because I don't understand the very same problems would have mm. probably rendered me into not being where I am today. Fantastic. So it becomes very easy to really have a focus on what you do and then also looking at how best you can improve the lives of others because at least yours is improved now. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have so, a real connection to the work that Tom was doing. Yeah. Fantastic. So, in short, that's what I would say. That's, that's, that's great. That's, 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 that is phenomenal. Yeah. And, uh, well, thank you so much uh, for agreeing to do this. And as I say, it would be great I'm here for another three weeks. So yeah, if it's possible, it would be really yeah, you, awesome. You, you just link with Kondwadi so I'll that you know. I'll keep connected with yes, you so that, that you can link. I'll probably share with you the program that we can make. I'm mm. not really sure which days you can be comfortable. So I think, let me let me liaise with you on that one. I will, yeah. I will let you know. Yeah. Um, but are you thinking, because I know Joe mentioned maybe uh, Eusitia around yes, there. Yes, yes. Is that probably one of the, the better yeah. ones to go? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. It's rainy, it's rainy season this time, so sometimes, as you mentioned, the shortest period you can get to six is two hours. Yeah. But during this rainy season, we can take as long as four. Okay. There with me because the road is a bit, it's a bit rough, <laughs> and that's one key major challenge that we have currently. Our, um, our program in preparation requires very strong vehicles yeah. because of the conditions of the roads that we use. Basically, around January and February and March becomes really, really good. I can imagine. That's why most of the organizations or even government institutions, they don't really go to this place because they know how much hard it is to get to this place. Wow. So you may be surprised that, but Peter said two hours, but now it's almost four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, okay, okay. I'll <laughs> yeah. keep my eyes on that. It will depend on how the day will be. Yeah. I see, I see. If, if it be raining, it will really be tough. Okay. But if you, at least if it's a bit dry, yeah. you can probably go. <coughs> so I'll, yeah. I'll probably come up with a program yeah. and share with you. You can visit agriculture forestry, mm-hmm. and then uh, education, mm-hmm. also water and sanitation, yeah. as well as maybe the facility. That would be unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, say, be, yeah. Some of the challenges that these people meet in the communities are very... You look at it like, like uh, a facility would not have even a BB machine. They would not even have a scale. You go there, they don't test anything on you, they just prescribe something on you. But you're looking at the cost of a BB machine, it's seven pounds. Yeah. But the whole facility does now. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, we may take you to one of the other facilities, yeah, yeah. you learn from yeah. them, then we also. So, I'll come up with a program and then yeah. share that with you. Amazing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But so you, yeah. you can be able to know what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything yeah. I can do to help, it would yeah. be, uh, be fantastic. Well, thank so, you. So, so I'll leave you with my card. Yes, please. Communicate on emails. Yeah, yeah, amazing, amazing. Thank you, thank you, Peter. That's brilliant. So most definitely be next week, right? Uh, So yeah, I think next week or maybe the week after. Yeah, yeah. Let me. I'll I'll throw some dates across and I'll. We we had our program next week. We had. um, We are planning to have. a reporting training session okay. for the programs team. So you may have it a day or two. Okay. So that's why I was wanted to really know whether it's next week or the. What? Honestly, I, I I can be a little flexible and whatever works for you. I don't want to be in anyone's way. So I, yeah, don't. don't I'll, no, I'll, I'll, I'll keep in touch. Amazing. Okay. Amazing. Well, thank you. Any 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 messages? Um, so this hopefully will we will. Uh, be back in the UK. Yeah. Uh, so any any messages for the people out there in terms of I guess we've already spoken about the work you guys are doing, um, and I guess yeah, five pounds goes a hell of a long way. Yeah. 
Banquet Bear Productions. Cheap and chill.